0: Uh, I'm gonna say no one's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Welcome to the Thursday, May 28th edition of Locked On Dolphins, brought to you by Built Bar. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins diehard managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, senior NFL draft analyst at DraftNetwork.com, and very excited to speak with you all today regarding the Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots, asking ourselves the question, are the Dolphins a team that is constructed to beat the Patriots? And this answer looks very different than what it's looked like in years past, thanks in large part to some of the, uh, let's call it, renovations the Patriots are making this time uh, around, the first time in 20 years. Some big differences in what that team is going to look like, and looking forward to digging into the dynamics of the Dolphins versus the Patriots, but not before. You should know by now. We're going to have some housekeeping items at the front end of the show. We're going to talk about Jason Taylor. We've got to talk about the, the NFL.com 2020 All Under 25 team. We have to talk about the Dolphins committing $2 million to a food program for the South Florida community. And that's where I want to start. The Miami Dolphins announced on Wednesday a new initiative aimed at providing meals to those in need throughout the South Florida community in a response to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The Food Relief Program is highlighted by a commitment of $2 million in funds from Dolphins owner Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins organization to the Miami Dolphins Foundation Food Relief Program. The stated goal of this program is to provide at least 1,000 meals a day starting on June 1st and hopes to provide meals for up to one year with a fundraising effort on top of that that is going to add more and further build upon the foundation established by Ross and the Miami Dolphins Foundation. What an excellent cause. And the Dolphins, I started covering the Miami Dolphins for USA Today's DolphinsWire.com back in February of 2019. And following what this team does for the South Florida community as a whole gives me a great sense of pride. And, and I'm not even from the South Florida area myself personally, uh, but grew up a lifelong Dolphins fan and watching this team. Stay so committed through so many different activities, whether it's the Miami Dolphins Cancer Challenge, which raises tens of millions of dollars over the course of the 10 years that they've been doing it, or the Dolphins uh, Special Olympics, uh, th- what they've done for uh, special needs athletes and youth Uh, the police outreach program to kind of foster a better relationship between the South Florida community and law enforcement, especially with so many struggles for people that are minorities across this country and what they have to deal with. And knowing that the Dolphins are trying to foster a healthy relationship between young people and law enforcement, what they've done in response to hurricanes and local high schools and donating new facilities and pads and equipment, and now something like this in response to the COVID-19 pandemic to make sure that people who need to put food in their bellies for their families, a 1,000 meals a day for up to a year, these meals being dispersed at Hard Rock Stadium. If you're a Dolphins fan, you know, obviously – You're a Dolphins fan because you're a sports fan and a football fan. But some things transcend sports. I would go out on a limb and say that the Miami Dolphins organization gives their fans as much to be proud about off the gridiron as any organization in North America for what they do for their community and the impact that they realize that they have. It's a very powerful thing, and it, It's very heartwarming amidst all of the hardship and struggle that so many people have to experience right now. That the Dolphins can be a positive source of communal togetherness in these hard times. So tip of the cap to the Miami Dolphins organization and Stephen Ross for their pledge of $2 million for up to 1,000 meals a day for up to a year Those meals will be distributed starting June 1st at Hard Rock Stadium. And of course, Dolphins fans want to be as proud of the -the on-the-field product as they are the -the off-the-field and in-the-community product. And there's a source of optimism here as well, and it comes from a familiar face for Dolphins fans. First Ballot Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor. Uh, He spoke with Will Manso of WPLG uh, regarding a virtual charity poker tournament a few days ago. And was asked about the Dolphins rebuild. And I wanted to share with you what Jason Taylor had to say. Uh, he absolutely sees the Dolphins trending in the right direction. And this is the direct quote from Jason Taylor and speaking with Will Manso. I'm excited about Coach Flo being here last year. People were a bit upset or whatever, not upset, but a little uneasy about, oh, they won too many games. They took themselves out of the spot to get the number one quarterback that they want. I still think they got the quarterback that they want. I think Chris, Chris Grew did a great job. He goes on to talk about the challenges in place from uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and oh, social distancing and having to go through the draft process uh, with the new trials and tribulations that are involved with obviously not having your full staff together. And then he rounds up his statement with... Uh, I'm optimistic. I think they have the right guys at the head of the organization in Coach Flores, and players are responding. I love that Fitzpatrick is still here with Tua. Tua will come through his physical stuff and be ready to go. And the best part of it, I know everyone is excited about the quarterback, but they got a lot of fat guys. Mind you, this is a direct quote from Jason Taylor, not from me. You've got to have fat guys to be successful. Offensive linemen, forgive me for saying you're fat but they are a little bit. Defense, they've got some big boys on the defensive line too. So if you could sure up where the guys always get their hands dirty, then you've got a good football team. So Jason Taylor, excited about the management of the team, excited about the coaching direction of the team, excited about the quarterback decision and the quarterback room and situation that the Dolphins are facing themselves with. And then he's excited for the fact that the Dolphins invested in the trenches. All the same things that we've seen the Dolphins struggle with. You know, chasing after sexy hires at the head coach position, getting you know, trying to get a wide open passing attack. The Joe Philbin hire, the Adam Gase hire, neither one of those things materialized. S- chasing the sexiness of it's a passing league. I want a passing coach. The quarterback situation, not committing to any resources to competition for Ryan Tannehill to push him. You know, for as much as we credit Tennessee for giving him a running game and an offensive line, I don't think it's a coincidence that Ryan Tannehill was asked to fight for a job, and he responded. And how different that was than every single year he was in Miami, he was spoon-fed the job, and nobody wanted to give him any competition to force him to be better. And look at the quarterback room now with two former top 10 overall picks in Josh Rosen and Tua Tungvaluwa, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, the incumbent starter, who's far and away the oldest player on the roster and the most experienced player on the roster and has a year's worth of sweat equity, that quarterback room is going to be a dogfight. And that's going to make everybody better. And then the fact that this team invested heavily on the offensive line, we've seen the offensive line derail plenty of potential for the Dolphins in the past, especially the interior offensive line? Well, look for the Dolphins to have two or three new starters on the interior offensive line, two young rookie tackles. Lots to look forward to. Jason Taylor buying in for all of the same reasons that we have spoke about on this show, getting excited about what the Dolphins are doing. Jason Taylor gets it, and I can't think of a better endorsement for what the Dolphins are doing than a guy in Jason Taylor who's a first ballot Hall of Famer who's experienced team and professional success. Mind you, Jason, although he endured 1-15 throughout his career with the Dolphins, he also endured seven consecutive winning seasons to start his career in 1997. Seven consecutive winning seasons. That's a long time ago, but it doesn't feel that long ago because it wasn't that long ago that Jason Taylor was sacking quarterbacks for the Dolphins. He knows what individual and team success looks like at the pro level, and for him to be bought in, for the leadership of the team, the construct of the team, that's all I need to know I'm in. And I did get a good laugh at him calling the offensive lineman fat guys because you know it's indoctrinated into him at this point I get a badge of those offensive linemen. He beat these guys like, like a drum for 15 years on his way to, to being a top 10 all time NFL sack artist. You know, he's going to talk a little trash to some offensive linemen. Even if it means pass aggressively calling him a little bit fat. (laughs) So Jason Taylor buying what the dolphins are selling in their rebuild. We should be too for all the same reasons Jason, friend of the pod, officially, not just a Dolphins grape, but a f- official rubber-stamped friend of Locked On Dolphins. I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor of the show, Built Bar. These are, handle my heart, the greatest protein bars your lips will ever touch. These things eat like candy bars, but they don't have the nutrients of candy bars. Rather, they have the nutrients of one of the most healthy protein bars on the market. They've got as much protein as your standard protein bar, but one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. We're talking 110 to 150 calories a piece, and they are delicious no matter what flavor you're looking for. They've got something for you, and we've got something for you too as a listener of Locked On Dolphins. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code On, you can save $10 off your first box. So don't just take my word for it. Join the movement, go to builtbar.com, save $10 off your first box, and find out for yourself why this is the best protein bar your lips will ever touch.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy.
0: Uh, this conversation is a continuation of a question that I received on power to the pot on Tuesday, asking, uh, if we were constructed to beat the teams in the AFC East. Well, yesterday we did the jets, the GD jets and the dolphins took four out of five categories. If you missed yesterday's show, first of all, shame on you go back and listen to it when you're done here, but I will explain the process. We're looking at the Dolphins versus each of the three teams in the AFC East in five categories, passing offense, rushing offense, passing defense, and rushing defense, and we're holding them up head-to-head against the other teams in the division, plus coaching, and asking who has the edge in this component of the game. With five categories, there will always be a winner. The Dolphins took four out of five against the New York Jets, I gave the Jets the advantage in the rushing defense versus the Dolphins rushing offense. But I think offensively, the Dolphins are in a much better spot. I think the Dolphins' secondary is far and away superior to the New York Jets. And from a coaching perspective, we've seen both of these guys run the Dolphins. It's clear cut. The Dolphins have the clear advantage the head coaching position now versus what they used to have and what the Jets have uh, commanding and steering their ship. Things get a little bit more dicey here because we're comparing them against the Patriots. Okay, now the good news is Tom Brady's gone. Okay, so box checked. We're in good shape. (laughs) Bill Belichick's still here. And I actually want to start with coaching, first and foremost, because as much as I love Brian Flores, as much as I trust Brian Flores right now, based on him selling his program to the players and what I saw him buying from the players throughout the course of last season, there is no way in hell I am giving any coach in the NFL an edge in coaching over Bill Belichick. The man is poised to challenge Don Shula's all-time wins record for a reason. He's done it for 20 years. He's been the chameleon. Brian Flores is the student off of this coaching tree. The Patriots do have an edge in coaching because they have one of the all-time great head coaches. Brian Flores doesn't mean they can't win games against Bill Belichick. If the talent discrepancy is enough in certain areas, and I trust Bill, uh, trust Brian Flores to put together a good game plan to attack the Patriots when they play the Patriots. It's not disrespect to Flores to give the nod to Belichick just because of who Bill Belichick is. I love the fact that Brian Flores is aggressive. He's willing to go forward on fourth downs. He's willing to try trick plays and steal possessions. Wasn't egregious with his challenge flags, like some coaches don't know when to throw the challenge flag and when not to throw it. He's got a good barometer for all this, and he's selling a program, and he's got a good relationship with his players. There's so much to look forward to, but it's Bill Belichick. So i got to give the edge to Belichick. Now, the rest of this conversation gets interesting because I look at both rosters. I'm going to read through the too deep of the New England Patriots uh, or the depth chart. I won't go too deep. But they're projected starters at this point in time. Offense, quarterback Jared Stidham. Running back, Sonny Michelle, James White is also in the mix. Offensive line, Isaiah Wynn, Joe Thune, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon. Tight end is Matt Lacoste. Two third-round picks in Devin Asaiasai and Dalton Keene from the 2020 NFL Draft. And the wide receivers, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, Muhammad Sanu, uh, Damir Bird, Marquise Lee, Jacoby Myers. Defensively, they run an odd front more often than not. That might change this year based on losing Danny Shelton, although they do have another nose tackle in Bo Allen. So you got Lawrence Kai, Bo Allen, John Simon as your projected three down linemen. Uh, Shalik Calhoun, Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley, Brandon Copeland uh, with a couple of prominent uh, youngsters from Michigan, Josh Uche and Chase Winovich, plus Alabama's Anthony Jennings, uh, all behind them in the rush linebacker department. So they've got some depth there that they're working with. And then the secondary is Jason McCourty, Patrick Chung, Je- Devin McCordy, Stephon Gilmore, uh, J.C. Jackson are the most prominent names in that group. So where do these teams match up well against each other? I think there is a decided advantage on d- the defensive side of the football for both teams, in both the passing and rushing games. So the way that this has been divided is advantage in the rushing game, on offense and defense, an advantage in the passing game on offense and defense. I'm inclined to give the defense both advantages. So to say the Patriots' defense in passing and rushing has an advantage over the Dolphins' offense, and the Dolphins' defense has an advantage in passing and rushing versus the Patriots' offense. That's my gut, which would give the Patriots three categories to two. But there are some X factors here. I am going to mark that down because I think... Uh, the the Patriots have the best secondary player of any player in the AFC East in the secondary in Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Donta Hightower, hybrid linebacker, you have to figure he's going to play a more prominent role. This team lost Kyle Van Noy. This team lost Danny Shelton. This team lost Elan and Roberts. This team lost some some pretty notable pieces on defense. The fact that they got Bo Allen was a big signing to replace the nose tackle. Kyle Van Noy. That could come down to Josh Uche, uh, who would be who I would anticipate is going to challenge for that role. But I think Donta Hightower is going to get more features as a pressure player as well. Uh, but this Patriots secondary with McCour- the McCourty twins. Uh, Patrick Chung, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson—they've got the depth and the versatility to really match up well against the Dolphins' receivers. That's not to say that Uncle Parker might not go off on Stephon Gilmore again, and if he does, that's a pathway for the Dolphins to win that football game, right? I do think the Dolphins have the best pass catcher out of both teams. You know, say what you will about Julian Edelman and and his accomplishments. He's running option routes, and he's a slot guy, and, you know, that's fine. And he's playing with Tom Brady, so he's going to move the chains and make big, good plays over the middle with hands and concentration and whatnot. Devontae Parker, physically speaking, is a more talented wide receiver than Julian Edelman, and he's the most talented wide receiver on either roster.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Furthermore, the Dolphins quarterback situation is much more attractive. Wake me up when Jared Stidham wins those games. Now, People are saying, oh, the Patriots really like what they have in Jared Stidham. And yeah, Jared Stidham might end up being the Patriots answer as a franchise quarterback. But I need to see it first before I'm ready to buy it. Just like these two rookie tight ends that they have. They went out and got two guys in the third round of the NFL draft, a tight end to kind of overhaul. And that tells me a lot about what this team is going to look like, how this team's going to play offense, and it plays into the strength of the Dolphins. They're going to try and muddy it up. They're going to play you know, three yards in a cloud of dust style football. They're going to go back to what things were, before Tom Brady became Tom Brady, in Tom Brady's early years, when this team ran the ball at a 50-50 split versus passing the ball and throwing for five, uh, 5,000 yards throughout the course of a season, this team is going to try and run the ball at you. They're going to try and play hard-nosed defense. They're probably not going to score a ton of points. They're going to try and be opportunistic on defense, create turnovers and short fields for their offense. But they're not going to be an offensive juggernaut. And that plays into the hand of the Dolphins. And I think there are two key positions that the Dolphins do have an advantage. The quarterback position at this point in time. And they have the best skill player, in my opinion, in Devontae Parker. So, yes, if you just take, does the Dolphins passing ma- defense match up against the Patriots passing offense? Yes. Does the Dolphins' rushing defense match up against the Patriots' rushing offense? Yes, I think it does. I do think the Patriots have a better interior trio on the offensive line. Between Joe Thune, David Andrews, and Shaq uh, Mason, they've got a really good interior that can thud and attack, but that's why it's so important that the Dolphins got the depth that they got on the defensive line this year so that you can have a two-deep of continuously rotating defenders – to stay fresh in there and not get leaned on and worn out, and then all of a sudden your linebackers are getting picked off and you're springing big runs up into the third level of the defense. So I would say the Patriots have an advantage in three categories. Their passing defense versus Miami's passing offense, their rushing defense versus Miami's rushing offense, and coaching. But the Dolphins with a better quarterback situation, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is on or if two is playing, and the Dolphins are able to avoid getting one-dimensional in those games, then the Dolphins have the variables to win against the Patriots. And of course, you know they've got a late-season contest this year in Miami. They have to go to New England early in the season. It is what it is. But I would rather play in New England early in the year than have to go up there in Week 17 when it's cold as hell and try and play them then. So this is favorable for the Dolphins from a climate standpoint as well. You've got a a warm-weather team going up north in September, and then you've got a cold-weather team coming south to play in the heat in December. Sounds good to me. I think there's enough here for us to aspire to split with the Patriots if the Patriots somehow got completely off the rails. You know, who knows? I would never expect the Dolphins at this point in time with how young they are against a a well-coached team like Bill Belichick. I would never expect them to sweep. That feels like such a foreign thought. But I think we should... Aspire to win one of those two games against the Patriots and take care of business. And if that's the case, then we've hypothetically swept the Jets because we have all of the, we have an advantage in so many areas against the Jets that that should be our expectation. Go out and sweep the Jets. They're a poorly coached, sloppy team that doesn't have great talent, except at a very few, select few limited spots. And if you split against the Patriots, now we're talking 3-1 and in the division with two games against the Bills left, which is what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. If you've enjoyed the shows, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you guys, talking about things that you like that we talk about, questions that you might have for future Power to the Pod episodes. And come back tomorrow when we cover the Dolphins head-to-head against the Buffalo Bills to discuss if the Dolphins are a team constructed to defeat the Buffalo Bills. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Hope to talk with you all again tomorrow.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.